Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, where Mike and I, we talk about the Doom Patrol a lot, and we're talking about Doom Patrol today by weird coincidence. <laughs> Funny that, yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can reach us via email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or on our Waiting for Doom Facebook page. You can also check out mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com for related posts and general Doom Patrol goodness by our fellow Doom Bro Doug Zavisha. And all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and Podbean.com. And I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks, H-I-X. And we can also get in touch with the Sentient Show Twitter account, Wilfred. Hey, Wilfred. Hello, humans. At Pod, And we are sponsored by the comic website, Comicosity. Yes, Comicosity for all the comic book love. Nothing but news, reviews, previews of all the upcoming stuff. Um, lots of good stuff on there. Check it out uh, for some really cool articles and for links to our shows as well, which is nice of them to do. Anyway, Paul, how has your week and a bit in comics been? Well, I waded into the new comic uh, arena. Oh, for, what? wait, for what? Once. What? Yeah, I don't often do this, but I um, I was... Uh, maybe it's DCOCD, the, the fact that we cover events all the time. I was very curious to see what was in store for us when we get to Heroes in Crisis. Wow, you went out and bought a brand new single issue. Uh, yeah, so... Wow. Um, Okay, yeah. don't don't spoil it for me because I haven't gotten to it yet. But oh. overall, what's your what's the vibe? What do you feel? Um, disappointment. Uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are expecting people to be outraged and upset and mm-hmm. uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, there are some deaths, and some of these yeah. deaths are high profile mm-hmm. and uh, numerous. Um, but yeah, I, it it fell flat to me. It didn't. Wow. Uh, yeah, it didn't have the emotional punch. I remember when Identity Crisis came out and everyone was talking about that and, you know, people were, you know, appalled and outraged. But for for all that was in that book, it was very well written and mm-hmm. the char- characterization was beautifully done and, you know, you really felt the impact of what happened. Whereas this, it's uh, it falls very flat. So, um, you know, it's a good reason to uh, check out Comicosity because uh, uh, Matthew Santori did a review of it and uh, he encapsulated my opinion pretty well in his um, mm-hmm. writing. So, hmm. Anyway, uh, but yeah, some good art and um, certainly mean stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about you, Mike? <laughs> um, I've I've done a ton of reading uh, this past week and a bit. Um, of course, I'm way behind on stuff. So um, I finally got to issue 54 of Saga, which had the death of a major character. Whilst we're talking about character deaths, oh, don't spoil it. I'm so behind. <laughs> and they're on a hiatus for a year. What? Uh, Vaughn and, and Staples are taking a break for a year to you know recharge, re-energize, and you know get themselves set up for what ha- what's still to come. So, yeah, I was a bit like, what the heck? So that was a fun read. I mean, it was really well written, but, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit heartbreaking with the person they got rid of. Uh, reading uh, the new Justice League, uh, the end of, of the series Descender um, by Image Comics, which is about... 
how do I summarize that? Robots are outlawed in the future, and of course, a, a robot boy named Tim Twenty One needs to save the universe. Ah, yes. Um, and so that I finally finished that. Of course, I've gone back to my collection and realised I'm missing some issues, so <laughs> I'll have to fill those and reread it all again. Um, Justice League vs Suicide Squad, the collected trade of that. I really enjoyed that. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, I I had no idea other than the two teams facing off. I had no idea what was actually g- going to happen in it. Um, and then I found out what happened in it, and it was really cool. <laughs> Hmm. Well, not what happened to everyone in it, but, you know, yeah. I was really surprised it was a checkers tournament, so. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's, yes, same here. Uh, And uh, a bunch of detective comics, uh, new and old, because uh, today, as we record, uh, we learnt that um, Norm Brayfogel passed away. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so I um I dug out some old detective comics of that he did the art on um and yeah you know it's, it's sad to hear the the passing of a modern legend really because his art was fantastic it yeah was so great so so the way he showed movement and action oh my gosh it's just a completely different era in comics art really and it was great stuff yeah it's such a shame it's like, he was young too he wasn't yeah uh, fifty eight I think wow yeah. Yeah, I, I believe he'd had a stroke three or four years ago um, and had been um, ill, most likely because of that. Um, and yeah, just the the news broke this morning and yeah, terrible to hear that. Yeah, massive bummer. Yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely working through the to read pile, even though I uncovered more things that had been... Not unpacked since we'd moved here six months ago <laughs> into our new place. So the Tariq pole grows once again. So, yay. Yay. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we go to the news? Let's do it. So welcome to News Patrol, and previously on News Patrol we had tons of news about the TV show, uh, we had a bit of news about the comic coming up, and this week uh, there's no news at all, nothing no. at all, oh. and that's it for News Patrol. <laughs> right, short and sweet. <laughs> Probably could have skipped it. But it, is that ticking that I hear, Mike? That is ticking that you can hear, Paul. So let's go and check out the Doom Clock and see if that lasts a bit longer than this. Oh, dear. Nothing at all. Not that I could find. There's slightly better pictures of Robot Man on the internet, but they're just slightly better. Okay. <laughs> so yes, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it's been 22 weeks since the last new Doom Patrol book was in our hot little hands, that being issue 11 of volume 6, the lead into Milk Wars, which we discussed back in episode 122. Uh, issue 12 is, at this stage, scheduled for release on October 31st of 2018, at wow. this stage. Do you want to just describe the issue that that fits the Doom Clock this week, and I'll guess what it is? Okay, sure. Okay. 
Let's challenge myself. Okay. I'm just looking at my notes and seeing what I can do. Uh, okay. The team relocates. Oh. Two new team members join the patrol. Right. Okay. Uh, one of them appeared in the previous issue, but starts training with them in this issue that came out this week in Doom Patrol history. Um, it's a Doom Patrol comic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it uh, Morrison, early Morrison? No. Oh, is it early Pollock? No. Um, you're right early with, Drake. You're early with... <laughs> You're right with the early stuff. <laughs> okay, great. Um, is it uh, Giffen era? No. Oh, I'm doing really well at this. Why don't you just tell me? <laughs> Going on sale for 75 cents on September 29th of 1987 with a cover date of January 1988 was issue four of Doom Patrol Volume 2. Oh, that would have been my next guess. That's why I was saying you were you were nearly there with the early stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was brought to us by Paul Kupperberg, Steve Lytle, Gary Martin, Janice Chang, Michelle Wolfman, and Mike Gold. This issue was titled Trouble in Kansas City and saw the team relocate to Kansas under the leadership of Arani Desai, a.k.a. Celsius, a.k.a. Niall Calder's alleged wife. See, if I said the team had a new leader, that would have given it away immediately. Probably not. I'm not very good at this at all. <laughs> Rhea Jones, a.k.a. Lodestone, joins a patrol after her initial appearance in the preceding issue, and this issue also introduced everyone's favourite bad boy punk, Wayne Hawkins, a.k.a. Karma. Whoa! Yeah, so they were the two newbies that joined. Uh, we covered this issue way, way back in episode 29 from August of 2015, over three years ago, Paul. Good Lord. Wow, yes. Yeah, so you can check that out for further details on that issue, and that is it for the Doom Clock this week. Hey there, I'm Nathaniel with some exciting news about the Punch Like a Girl podcast. <laughs> oh, hey, hey Liz, I'm, I'm just doing the promo, tell the people about how the podcast we do together covering graphic novels and trade collections starring female protagonists is moving to, and um actually i'm i'm mansplaining again aren't i uh-huh well i i can just um here here you go punch like a girl is joining the fire and water network and as of october will be found on the network feed and at fireandwaterpodcast.com is it okay if I just invite folks to join us in celebrating the girls who kick butt? I think you already did. Yes! Nailed it! Don't worry, folks. I'll keep him in line. And now it's the part of the show that we call Doomsplaining, where we explain things to do with the Doom Patrol, and Mike is going to explain things to do with the Doom Patrol first, because he is up first for the first issue that we're talking about. And this week we're talking about Doom Patrol, Volume 3, Issues 17 and 18. Mike, what is in 17, and what's it about? In Issue 17, there's about 22 pages. <laughs> ha, hey. ha, uh, It's titled No Hope for a Robot. And it's written by John R. Cootie, with art by Tanning Huat, letters by Bob Lappin, colours by Dave McCraig, and it was edited by Andrew Helfer. And uh, it was cover price of $2.50. Uh, and it's coloured by Dave McCaig. What did I say? McCraig. Oh, I, I apologise, Dave. Um, 
Dave McKay. There we go. It's been Dave's just sitting there. He's just fuming. Uh, I'm really sorry, Dave. I just look. It's been a long day. You know, I've been watching the boys all day on school holidays. You know, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm dehydrated. I'm <laughs> coming down with something. You know, I'm really sorry, Dave. You know, oh look, he's left. He's stormed off. Oh, um. Anyway, it went on sale for $2.50 American on February 5th of 2003 with a cover date of April of that year. So, 15 years ago this came out. Good Lord. Wow. Uh, and the cover, everyone will be pleased to know they can take a drink straight away because it shows poor old robot man being run over by a truck with the tagline Road Rash. And he's, um, yeah, he hasn't come off very well from the incident. He's got an arm sort of a couple of metres away from him. He's... Uh, Legs have been separated from his waist, you know. Take 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 a big drink, everyone. Limbs akimbo. Yes, and not in a really heroic kind of way. Yeah, that's my porn name too. <laughs> Is it now, Limbs? <laughs> Limbs akimbo. Right. <laughs> Just gonna. <laughs> no, I'll Google it later. <clears throat> anyway. When we last saw this version of the Patrol in issue 16, which we covered in episode 127 from August of 2018, the team was in turmoil. As Robot Man had run away, Ted's temporal tunnel vision took a turn for the terrible, and Ava acted angrily. Elsewhere, after turning a cab crispy, Charlene selected slackness after the preaching of the purple purposeless, and Vic was vegetative. Wow. Did you like that bit of alliteration? (laughs) (laughs) That was absolutely alliterative. It was. It was. Uh, See, not much happens in this issue. So uh, I'm just going to go through the main scenes, uh, and I thought I'd spice it up with a bit of alliteration at the start, because, um, yeah, you'll soon see why. Anyway, the first scene we go through is in Esperanza, California, in 1969. The mysterious crate from Vietnam that we saw getting posted off in the previous issue, addressed to someone named Wea Lu Song, arrives at the Wea Lu Sing General Store, where the store owners assume it's just a mix-up with the name, before forcing the crate open and discovering something that makes them swear but isn't shown to the reader. Right. Hooray! Yeah. Hmm. The next scene has Dr. Kolodenko heading to Jost Industries to meet with CEO and former owner-slash-manager and now full rights holder of the Doom Patrol property, Thayer Jost. Thayer mentions he's been kept busy producing the Doom Patrol TV show. How timely is that, Paul? Before the Mm -hmm. doctor gets him up to speed on the team. Cliff is gone. Vic and Ted are both in hospital, the former badly burned and the latter having gone delusional. Uh, Ava is sick but refusing help and Shailene has apparently vanished. In the next scene, Tycho Bray, the blind warrior and former foe of the patrol, is making a blood donation at the Esperanza Red Cross Centre. But just as soon as the nurse tells him they're done, he pulls a knife on her, holding it against her throat. She offers her purse and car keys, but Tycho says the only thing he wants is his blood, which they just extracted. That's not standard practice. No, it's not. No, normally. Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, Blood... Blood bag in hand, Tycho runs away from the centre. Of course. Uh, the next scene is at a police station where Shailene is in a holding cell with some other ladies after being taken away by police for blowing up a cab in issue 16. When one of her cellmates asks why she won't share her name or why she's locked up or why she won't even use her one phone call, Shailene responds, That's because I do nothing. I don't do a thing. Sweet, huh? So it looks like the ways of the purple purposeless have succeeded. Good Lord. 
And the final scene uh, starts with the robot man uh, being found sleeping on the side of the road by a road worker and the sheriff he's called in, with the two of them trying to figure out what the heck it is that they've discovered. Cliff wakes up, startling the men, and asks the sheriff which way Lambertville is. The sheriff then directs him southwards. Cliff continues on his mystery journey before coming across a man looking under the hood of his broken-down car. After getting over his initial shock at the sight of Robot Man, the stranger says he doesn't need any help, as he's just figured out it's a loose fuel pump. Cliff notices the car has a nearly flat tyre and offers to get the spare from the trunk, at which point the man starts to freak out and refuses his help, because, as Cliff discovers, there's a woman bound and gagged in there. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cliff looks back to the man and discovers a shotgun in his face which blasts him backwards as the stranger yells get your own girlfriend you dirty bastard <laughs> Cliff somehow makes it to nearby Scrub with the captured woman as he starts to free her she asks what are you going to do to me Cliff has no idea if she understands what's going on but then again neither does the reader as the woman smashes a rock into Cliff's head and then starts beating on him with a branch before running away as Cliff starts after her, he's suddenly knocked flying by the man in his now started up car, and this guy grabs a woman and drives away. Robot Man yells, You think you've seen the last of me, you sick freak? Think again! And chases after the car. The good news is, he doesn't have far to run as the car stops beside a police cordon. The bad news is, is that the cops all open fire on our hero, who then bellows, What the f is wrong with you people? A quick group discussion reveals that the man and the woman are actually a couple, and they were just trying to spice things up with a game. <sighs> so Cliff was actually trying to do the right thing, and the cops were in the wrong for shooting at him. An apology is offered, but Robot Man says they'll have to do better than that. So it's assumed that they help him arrive at his destination in Lambertville as he knocks on the door of a house and is greeted by a young girl who comments that she just saw him on TV in an ad for that Doom Patrol TV show. The girl leads Cliff in, telling her mum it's the man from the TV, and when mum sees who it is, she drops some dinner plates on the ground, screaming for someone named Randy, and a man appears from the next room asking what's happened. Cliff smiles at them all and says, Hello, Helen. Hey, little brother. And all four of them embrace. And, yeah, that was issue 17. What did you think of that one, Paul? Uh, well, it's completely dun-dun-dun-free. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an odd one. It, mm -hmm. it feels a little bit like um, uh, Mr. Arcudi is slowing the story down somewhat. Just, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps he knows that the end is not too far away for the series. And, yeah. you know, he's just pacing out the beats a bit. Um yeah, it, it's a bit of a nothing issue. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like filler to me. It's as you said, he's probably stretching it out a little bit, probably because he does know the end is nigh. But yeah, there's not a lot that really happens in this one. I mean, stuff does happen, but it doesn't. Yeah, there's no. You know, he runs into a couple of weirdos playing weird, <laughs> kinky sex games or something, and it's like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, that is just weird, because it looks like, you know, Cliff has, you know, innocently stumbled into, um, you know, her, a kidnapping or, you know, yeah. something really uh, depraved, and uh, but it turns out it's different. It's it's actually, um, you know, let's spice things up by locking the girlfriend in the trunk and mm. uh, tie, tying her up. Spicy. Uh, yeah, so, spicy. yeah. <laughs> yeah a bit weird. Um, you know, and we're sort of, 
Everything else is just sort of marking time. You know, Shailene hasn't really done anything. You know, she's moved from waiting around hospital to waiting around in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ava is what gets one panel of saying that she's broody. Pretty much, yeah. She, yeah. She's in her half-demon form in sitting in a darkened room, and, and that's when Kolodenko is bringing Thea Jost up to speed, and that's it. Yeah. 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 And uh, Vic Darge is still in hospital after getting burnt by the exploding... Taxi. Mm-hmm. Who else is there? Ted. Yeah, Ted's. Um, he's also catatonic or something, isn't he? Well, well, he's he's sort of babbling, you know, and he's just gone slightly nuts um, after you know his power went haywire in the previous issue. So, you know, it's yeah, it's like okay, we we get very small screen time with the rest of them, and it's just okay, you know, he's all these small little plot threads. Um, and here's a bit more screen time for Robot Man, and that's the end of the issue. Yeah, it's. I mean, it seems to me an odd place for the story to slow down because uh, what I think there's like this is seven issues before the end, or eight, eight issues before the end of the run. So, uh, I think it's. I think it's like five. Six. Issues. It's six. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So five or goes, six. Yeah. So it's it's strange. Mm, yeah, it's it's a a bit of a a low point in an otherwise really good volume and really good run. Hmm, and it's mm. the first misstep I think actually in this whole run so far. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's, so um, yeah, that's why I thought I'd spice things up with a bit of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of a head-scratcher, this one. But anyway, Paul, let's move on. Tell us about issue 18, if you would, please, sir. So, if you're keen to know what happens with the Doom Patrol next, well, this is a disappointment, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doom Patrol number 18, it uh, it was cover dated May 2003, but actually came out on the 5th of March 2003. So, uh, not too long to my birthday. Um two dollars fifty, uh written by John Arcudi, art by Tannen Hewitt again, uh lettered by Bob Lappin, coloured by Dave McCaig. 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 Uh, yes. Right. right. <laughs> and it's uh entitled Once Upon a Time, but in the on the cover it actually has Once Upon a Time and then it, an additional bit of text which is in China and it shows Ooh. the Doom Patrol all in sort of um traditional garb of ancient China. Mm. Mm. So it's a very cool cover. It is a very cool cover. But, um, yeah. Anyway, what's this one? Let's let's find out. So it starts at the uh, Wyalusing General Store, where a tourist is asking the shopkeeper about the store mascot, which is seems to be the mummified form of a body which was mailed from Vietnam thirty years ago. Um, and they explain that it came to the store by mistake, but by the time they realised it was meant to go to this Chinese lady who lived nearby, it was too late because she had died a few years earlier. Oops. Um, and the store and the shopkeeper concludes no one knows anything about it. Uh, Tycho, having come into the store while they're all talking, says, I know something, and then he tells them a tale. Ooh. And this was the tale that he told. A long time ago, in a part of China now known as Yunnan province, a prince was hunting one day. For the depiction of this tale, the prince is played by Vic, Kid Slick. Uh, he comes across a tigress with her cub suckling. Um, one of the cubs is the infant child, and uh, in this case played by Gar Logan. Uh, so there's a green infant. Mm. He brings the child home to show the queen, uh, which who is played by Ava, a.k.a. Freak. 
um, and his wife, who's the princess, uh, which is played by Shailene Lau, or Fever. And, um, yeah, so he's wondering what's the story with this weird baby, and the princess reveals that while he was away at the wars or something, uh, she had an affair. And uh, this was the, the baby that was born of this indiscretion. Uh, but the queen, Ava, insisted that the baby be abandoned in the wilderness. Um, and apparently it was raised by a tiger, a tigress. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. The queen insisted that this was to protect her daughter's honour, but perhaps it was to have one less rival to the queen's rule and to ensure her daughter would sit on the throne next. The prince, despite expectations, kept the child and raised him as his own son, naming him Now You Too, which means suckled by a tigress. Uh, so when you say to the kids, Now You Too, pretty much what you're saying. <laughs> oh, uh, I can never say that phrase ever again. Yes. But he also shunned his wife, the princess. Um, and, but as he became king, the old queen was unhappy about this outcome and decided to get some demonic assistance. So she um, did some you know, demonic magic and raised the demon, which is played in this case by Ava's parasite. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the demon promised to help her and her daughter keep the throne. And But the princess walked in on this and said, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so <Sort> of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, now you two had befriended a blacksmith in this place, okay, uh, in this instance played by Cliff Steele, aka Robot Man. And, um, he took to the blacksmith like a favourite uncle. And the king appointed the blacksmith to be his adopted son's mentor and tutor, because the blacksmith was wise and learned. Um, as the boy grew, as this is Garlo, a good looking boy, he was irritated by his adopted father's loneliness and his father's, uh, fretting over his safety and well-being. Um, and he knew that the man still yearned for the unfaithful wife, the princess. Um, she, in turn, had decided to return to her husband um, from the queen's uh, castle nearby and to warn the king of the queen's evil scheming with the demon and stuff, such. And she arrived just in time to see the kingdom under attack from supernatural monsters and uh, soldiers. Uh, the king's general, who was played by Ted Bruder, a.k.a. Fast Forward, or a.k.a. Negative Man 2, uh, he fought valiantly, but he was unable to protect the king, who was mortally wounded, just as the elder queen hoped. On his deathbed, he apologised to his wife, the princess, for shunning her and taking her son from her. With the f- his father gone, now you two met with his mother for the first time, knowing that it was his mother finally. And knowing the schemes of the queen mother, she warned him that he would be next. Cliff Steele, playing the blacksmith, decided to do what he could to protect Now You Two from his, her nefarious plans. And he combined wizardry and metalwork, and he summoned six guardian demons of Chu, bless you, and trapped them all into molten metal. And he forged it into pieces of mystical armor. The effort, which was unrivaled in sorcery and blacksmithing before, cost him his life force, and he was weakened with every swing of the hammer until he completed the armor and died. Now you two, prepared for war, clad in his new mystical armour, um, he was ready and the war came. With the, his armour and the brilliant general by his side, he was able to win battle after battle until the war was brought to the doorstep of the Queen Mother's castle. Realising the tide had turned against her, she cast a spell upon herself that created a protective barrier around her body, which looked very much like Vic Darge's uh, friction barrier. Mm. Hmm. As the prince's forces broke through, they discovered they could not kill her. She boasted, no man can harm me. And the prince, hearing this, turned into a tiger suddenly and pounced upon her. 
uh, and mauled her. And he won the fight between them, but even as she died, the prince was left poisoned by the evil that had tainted her blood. And he turned back into human form and died as well. A lot of people dying in this. Mm. His general, Ted, <laughs> took his body and sealed it in a casket. And as the evil queen mother wished, at last her daughter took the throne and became queen. But she was a queen all alone with no husband, mother, heirs or family. Uh, the people in the general store are very much moved by this sad story and ask how much of it is true. Tyker says, not very much, which sort of undermines the whole thing. <laughs> and then he says, does it matter? Well, I thought it did. Anyway, and they ask him what he's selling because he's acting weird. And he says, I'm not looking to sell, I'm looking to buy. And he produces a big briefcase full of cash. And uh, I think he wants the the store mascot, the mummy, which we presume mm. is the mummified body of the prince. Perhaps yes. Uh, we cut to the precinct, the police precinct lockup, where Shailene is relaxed and untroubled. Her cellmate is stunned when she is visited by a billionaire, Thayer Jost, and Shailene explains that her only plan is to do nothing. But Thayer informs her that he's done all the paperwork and she's leaving. She belligerently replies, "What? Why, are you meddler? No one asked you to do that." And uh, then she hears, "I did," and she turns and sees Vic Darge, bandage, non-crutches, kid slick. Out of hospital. <laughs> she tells Vic how sorry she is, and the three of them leave. Oh. Mm. So, what do you think of this one? It's another weird one. The Chinese legend story thing that Tycho tells is kind of interesting, but I think it's... There's a, there's a panel in that story where uh, the robot man standing for the wizard armourer dude is putting on a headscarf that Taika was wearing uh, in the present mm. as he's telling the story. So clearly it's sort of like giving some of his backstory but using the patrol as stand-in figures for those people that were involved at the time. So it's a yeah, it, it's a fun diversion but yeah, it's another slight misstep I think. It's kind of just if not all the story is even true, you know, it it just adds a weird bit of whimsy and, yeah, a slight detour from actually progressing the main story as to what's going on with the patrol at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, doing the synopsis of this one, I actually had to go over the story a few times to get it straight in my head because it, there's a, it plays fast and loose with locations and times and things. And it, it's not clear that the Queen Mother has her own castle until you think that people are coming and going. And, you yeah. know, so therefore there must be another location where she's at. And it isn't really clear that, you know, um, the princess or Shailene in this case is in sort of exile from the prince um, throughout this. It's, you know, it's, yeah, there's... Going over it a few times actually helped. And I think the first time I read it, I didn't even realise that it was Vic playing the, the king originally. Yes, yeah, it took me a couple of reads as well to go, oh, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he just has the sort of dark eyes that Vic has. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much but, the only indicator. Oh, and when it, he gets to the scene where he dies and his last words are like, oh, you know, it's okay. I was like, okay, yeah, that's Vic. <laughs> you know, he's, nothing really worried him too much, you know, so... But yeah, it's it's another weird one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting too because the characters all talk like the characters do in the comic regularly. So you know, like the the general is very you know <laughs> rough and ready because it's Ted. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it just felt like 
someone was dying to tell an old Chinese story and they just found a way to do it in the Doom Patrol comic suddenly. Yeah. And um, visually tried to tie it in to so it wasn't too much of a uh, a side trip. So Yeah. And then the fact that Beast Boy is, you know, one of the main players in this legend and he's not even on the cover. I mean, it's it, on the one hand, it's like, oh, cool, Beast Boy. And on the other hand, it's like, did this story actually even happen or does it actually even matter? Yeah. You know? It's, and yeah, it's... Uh... And the, I found it interesting that the villain of the piece is actually played by Ava. And it's, it's, I wondered, you know, are we trying to say that Ava is, you know not a sympathetic character anymore and she's actually you know like her i mean recently we've seen her become more and more aggressive and you know a bit obsessed with uh, protecting protecting ted true because he sort of yeah. was looking out for her so you know are we tried to are we meant to think that she's sort of slipping into being um a villain uh, well that's a good question because i can't remember what happens with her at the end of this volume to be honest <laughs> So it could be a bit of foreshadowing, but that's a weird kind of connection between what's happening to her in the present with, yeah, she's, she's going off the deep end. Something bad has happened to her, but how it kind of ties in with how this tale is presented. It's just, I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're on the money though. I think something bad does go down with her in the next few issues. I can't remember exactly what. We will get to them, of course. But yeah, it's like... It's just a weird diversion. These two issues are just both odd little diversions. They're, they're just... I mean, they're not, they're not really badly written, and the art is great, as always, with this volume, but it's kind of just like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. We're- and it, this does feel like an authentic story like i mean it wouldn't surprise me if this has its roots in you know um chinese folklore at some point or oh for sure yeah, yeah. or it could just be made up but i mean i did a google and it didn't enlighten me either way <laughs> damn it <laughs> but but yeah it's I, I i hate to use the word again it's a weird sidestep which sounds odd considering all the weirdness that the patrol have dealt with in every story before these two but it's just kind of like, okay, the team is... Last we knew, the team had broken up, you know. I want to see what happens to them. I don't want to have Robot Man dealing with, you know, another couple's sex games, and I'm not really fussed about hearing a Chinese legend um, <laughs> and then just have Tycho say, well, actually, I'm here to buy it, you know, and, you know, here's all this, here's this briefcase full of money, now hand over your mascot. It's just... Ugh. Look, I'm sure it will pay off in the next few issues, but at the moment, they're kind of frustrating me. Yeah, I mean, it really is, you know, the team's fragmented and you want to see them come back together as soon as possible Mm -hmm. or, you know, or work their way towards that. Instead, if we get, you know, sort of two issues that just tread water. I mean, I was keen to see more of um, Robot Man with his brother. You know, that's an interesting relationship and one that hasn't really been explored in the comics Mm -hmm. before now. So... But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, bring on the next issue, I think. Yeah, yeah. I honestly can't remember what happens in, in the... Because, yeah, we've only got, you know, like less than half a dozen issues to go before we finish this volume. And I can't remember what, how it ends. So I'm, I'm keen to get back into it and keen to, yeah, as you say, resolve the fractured team somehow, one way or the other. Yeah. 
Hmm. Oh. Anyway, shall we wrap up Doom Splaining there? Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on. Oh, unsatisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for the Mailbag of Doom, where we read your responses to our question of the week, which was, who's your favourite comic character created in the last five years? And first up, we heard from our Doom bro, Doug Zavisha, at DZavisha on the Twitters. He replied with DC, Casey Brink, Marvel, Honey Badger. Uh, he continues on, I was going to say the Kevin Co. Omak but he falls outside of the five-year five window because New 52 was eight years ago. No, you're old. <laughs> yeah, good answers, yeah. Doug. I mean, I love Casey Brink, Casey Brink, Doom Patrol. Um, Honey Badger from uh, All New Wolverine is a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, um, what's the best thing to put in the Wolverine comic? Um, an injection of young um, irreverence and humour. So, you know, she's she's a, like a, the little sidekick to uh, X-23, and she's fantastic. Okay. And they, you know, they get a literal Wolverine as a mascot as well. Right. Called uh, called Jonathan the Wolverine. It's really, the, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's one of the brightest things that come out of um, Marvel the last few years, uh-huh. and uh, I highly recommend the all new Wolverine run by Tom Taylor and artists I, whose names I have forgotten. Right. Okay. It's excellent. Right. Uh, we heard from Moby uh, at Shmoby1, and he said, had the same problem, Doug. I wanted to reply with Lion Cat, only to find out that the first appearance was 2012. Lion Cat from Saga, of course. Right. And then he said, say what? Casey Brink is a fine answer, though. Yep, true. Uh, Ryan Daly at Ryan Daly one provided us with a picture of Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel. Yep, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yep. Very yeah. cool character. I've read um, the first few trades of that, but I would like to read more. Mm, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, uh, we heard from Gord, Gord Tolton at RM Ranger, and he said Reese Daly, which is of course <laughs> Ryan's infant son. Right. Yes, uh, I, I didn't realise um, Reese was a comic character, but uh, well, mm. Ryan is a bit. Yeah, so. uh, Ryan is a character. Uh, uh. Uh, Saul Bishop at Saul Bishop replied with John Kent, Superman's son. He gave us a picture of uh, young John standing there with the DC Trinity, and he says, hi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice. nice. Um, I haven't read any of that stuff, but um, I will one day, I hope. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, we heard from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, which is uh, Sean Ross. Um, and he said, Nancy Whitehead, best friend of Squirrel Girl and lover of cats. Ca- I thought Casey Brink was the lover of cats. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, is one of my favourite additions to the Marvel Universe. And Yeah, Nancy's yeah. cool fun. Yeah, she's, she's cool. She's a good uh, bestie for Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Brown at Suchigo uh, provided us with Laura slash Persephone from Wicked and Divine. Yeah, that's a cool one. I like that's uh, Wicked and Divine. Uh, for those that aren't reading it, are about young people that basically turn into gods, and then two years later they die. Mm. And it happens every, I think, ninety something years throughout history. And Laura is this young, uh, I guess, fangirl uh, of these gods, and then she turns out to be one of them as well. So uh, wow. yeah, it's it's very cool. Yeah, never read it. It's 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 a good it's a good um, good read. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I'm a bit behind on it, surprise, but yeah, I, I've always loved the, the art and story on that. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, we have from Nick, just Nick, <laughs> which is Nick RDE on the Twitter, and he said, Honey Badger! Three exclamation marks. It's oh. another vote to the all new Wolverine character. Yeah, okay. Holly endorsed. Yeah. Uh, Carl Bakey at C Bakeware, uh, replied with the fabulous NA from God Shaper by, uh, at Jonas Goonface and at Cy released by Boom Studios. They're a queer Cantic musician who runs around shaping people's personal gods. If you don't know, now you know. Wow, I, I've not heard of, of that series or that character, so that's might be worth yeah, checking that's out. Yeah. New one for me. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we heard from DC in the eighties and that uh, they are at DC in the nineteen eighties on Twitter. And they said D C or Marvel. And they said, Well, for Marvel I'm really liking Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. And for DC, well, I'll go with Shade the Changing Girl. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, Sphinx Magoo at Sphinx Magoo on Twitter said, uh, going to step away from the big two and go with Edison Rex from Monkey Brain Incorporated Comics. Every time I read the book, my brain has Clancy Brown reading his dialogue. Mm. I've only read a little bit of Edison. Like, I, I'm talking a tiny bit of Edison Rex, and I think he's a villain, maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But, yeah. okay, I'll have to check him out, Sphinx. Uh, Sphinx Magoo is Abel Padilla as well. Oh, really? What's Abel doing? Changing his name like that. Good Lord. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we heard from Jessie at No I Said Hello, our friend Jess. And she said a Honey Badger. Oh, another Honey another Badger. Another one for Honey Badger. Wow. okay. Yeah. The the character find of the last five years, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, get aboard the Honey Badger train, mate. Right. <laughs> Uh, um, sure. Uh, Joe Powers at BBayBear24 on the Twitter said, Powering slash Green Lantern Jessica Cruz. Yeah, she's cool. Well, I, I, I've liked her introduction into the DCU. Yeah, cool. Uh, we heard from Lame Kitchen Wire Vet, which is our friend Kevin, uh, and he said, Maru, Maru, Maru from Mind Management, Majimit. Uh, it's my favourite comic of at least the past ten years, and she was a great character. It's also a book with lots of weird that Doom Patrol fans would probably like. Um, I love this answer because I did not expect it. Uh, yeah, I loved Mind Management, but I kind of, oddly enough, forgot about it once it finished a couple of years ago now. But yes, that's a great answer. She's a brilliant character. I, I read a fair slab of it, and I can't re- I th- I can't remember much about it. It was a sort of weird prisonery type um, spy stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, secret conspiracies and secret organisations trying to run the world through um, uh, subversive means and, you know, um, hidden messages and advertising and people that could control body parts. Yeah, it was, oh, it was great stuff. It was so cool. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to reread it now. Oh, good yeah. lord. Good stuff. Love it, love it. Uh, Sergeant America, at Sergeant America, replied with Mother Panic. Yes, that's another cool one. Love a bit of Mother Panic. Ah. Uh, we heard from Andy Mackin at Andy K, and he said uh, Golden Gale from the Black Hammer universe. I love her attitude. I've read a bit of Black Hammer. It's good. It's sort of, um, sort of, they're kind of like DC analogs, but they're in a, you know, they're sort of trapped in this, um, sort of rural location and they can't get out and you're not sure why and it's oh. very cool it's um okay. yeah I've, jeff lemire yeah i i've i've missed uh well i haven't read any of it to be honest but yeah it's always looked cool so uh Sangword scott at scott Sangword on twitter said uh having trouble with this one but i think i will go with bandette 
I have to admit, I've not read any bandette. Uh, neither have I, but I think that's more than five years ago, but we'll allow it. Okay, we'll allow it. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard from Jack Rocher, the old-fashioned outlaw, and he said, I have to go with Silencer, on a guest from DC's New Age of Heroes. Ooh, new vote for cool. the New Age of Heroes, outside of yeah. flowing out of metal, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Have you read any of... Uh... Silencer? Uh, no, I have. I read the previews that they're whacking in all the comics, but oh, okay. uh, but nothing more. Right. right. <laughs> um, oh, look! It's one from our friend Aaron Long at Juice Zero Zero Five, and his favourite character from the last five years is Doom Patrols. Nice. Very helpful. <laughs> mm. He does good work on the website, but um, yeah. Other than that, other than that, not so useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard from Will Fish, and he said uh, Victor Oresco from Black Monday Murders, especially issue three. Hmm. I've I've not read that series. Yeah. But I've I've heard good things about it from people I trust. So. Well, I trust Will. He knows his stuff, doesn't he? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Will definitely knows his stuff. He's a good man. Uh, Jonathan Die at Changing Shade uh, replied with. Honey Badger in All New Wolverine by Tom Taylor. She's absolutely wonderful. That's true. Another vote for Honey Badger. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, a bit of a Honey Badger Congo line going through this uh, feedback yes. now. Yeah. Uh, we heard from the Revenge Technician at Casual Hex, and uh, they, he, she, who knows, said, I'm a big fan of the mysterious Nightmare Nurse from Justice League Dark. Um, that was the one, Jeff Lemire one, a few years back. Yeah, I think uh, New 52 JLD yeah. stuff. Uh, I think she was introduced partway through the run, just as I was sort of getting <laughs> out of it. Yeah, I sort so, of, I got a, uh, lost interest about three trades in, but... Uh, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, each to their own. Thanks, uh, Revenge Technician. Yeah. Uh, and then over on the Facebook page, we heard from Clinton Robson, uh, who replied... Pretty much all the members of the Justice League of China, as well as John Superboy Kent. Oh, so cool. That sounds good. Yeah, do, uh, should we give our answers now or we'll go to Andrew's email? Uh, let's, let's go to Andrew's email. Okay. So Andrew wrote, uh, Hey guys, I'm amazed at hearing these burn reviews. Uh, last time it was just righteous indignation and Paul's refusal to comment and Mike's piercing mm-hmm, spelled it out. But this time it isn't that anger, it's more like despair between Paul's rant, this is the worst comic I've ever read, to Mike's deep sighs, this felt different and kind of weird. In my mind, you two were parents talking to the disobedient child of John Byrne. Uh, episode 126 is when your parents are angry at you and you are scol- and are scolding you. And uh, there is the harsh dismissal sometimes. You know nerves are raw. But episode 128 is when your parents look exasperated and give you, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed talk. Uh, that is often a stronger, sadder commentary. <laughs> As always, I feel for you both slogging your way through this volume. If anything, it confirms my original decision to stay far away. It was a good one. Uh, mm. For the question of the week, I had to think a bit, uh, but I'm going to go with Grail, the daughter of Darkseid and Amazonian assassin Marina. Uh, she has a great look, and she is delightfully wicked, and she has all the stuff to be a Wonder Woman villain for some time. Hope she doesn't get forgotten. Very nice email. Thank you, Ange. You nailed all of that stuff. 
yeah. uh, about our burn commentary. And I, I love that answer too, because yeah, Grail was cool. And I don't think we've seen it since the end of New 52 either. Yeah, and we are taking applications for people to come on the show and cover the last few burn issues for us. <laughs> Hey, look, we, we've only got two more episodes of Burn Stuff to get through. Uh-huh. We can do it, Paul. Uh, we can do it. I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, you can do it. Come on. <laughs> You're stronger than you think. <laughs> uh, what about your answer, Paul? Who Who's your favourite uh, creation of the last five years? Uh, I'm going to go with Die Die from uh, Copra by uh, Michelle. Nice. Because uh, Die Die is probably my favourite villain to come along in years. And... Um, Sort of like started as a regular woman and sort of just devolved from there and and kind of you know halfway through losing her humanity just decided to go with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's like a, a blob and gets around in a in a glass case with you know eyelashes stuck on it and things like that. But um, mm. she's quite deadly when she's out and about on a, in, yeah. without the case. But, um, yeah, there's a Copra versus issue that is really good. I think it's the second issue that I uh, highly recommend. No, it's probably the first issue. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Go find it. It's great. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I managed to actually find um, the second book that I have of, of Copra, uh, Copra Round 2. So uh, I'm going to have to reread them and get caught up. Because, hmm. yeah, it's great stuff. If you go to Heroes Con, you could probably get the next ones. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Have you, have you been to HeroesCon? I have. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so have I. Yeah. Yeah. We must have just missed each other <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> uh, as for my answer, I, I, I'm I going to be slightly boring and say Casey Brink. I think she is delightfully whimsical and yet confused uh, about most of what's going on in her life um, with good reason for most of her introduction in Doom Patrol, but then when it's revealed by her parent, who is Danny, <laughs> the ambulance, it's, it's yeah, it's just so insane uh, and yet fun and crazy at the same time. Um, and I'm quite the fan of her. And I very much look forward to reading more adventures of Casey Brink um, before, you know, she just vanishes completely. Yeah, I want more adventures. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. Yeah, yes, that'd be please. good. It would be good. Hmm. You know, I was trying to resist saying at this stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's all our answers for the question of the week. But we also did get an iTunes review from Hal Green Baz. And Hal Green Baz, you should get in touch with us so we can send you a Waiting for Doom postcard uh, for your very nice review which is as follows. I had never read a Doom Patrol story before. I first started listening to the DCOCD episodes. I found Paul and Mike so awesome on it that I then started listening to their Waiting for Doom episodes. And they were so entertaining covering those stories, I found myself starting to buy Doom Patrol trades. Thank you for opening my eyes to these wonderful stories. Thank you so much, Hal Greenbaz. That review made my day when I saw that. Five-star review. Yeah, yeah, it was... um. It's it's really nice to know that um, we can int- still introduce people to the Doom Patrol, uh, regardless of whether it's on hiatus or whether it's you know through the earlier volumes. It's just great that they get a new fan. Yeah, Yay. awesome. Yeah, yes, and that we get a new fan as well. I guess. <laughs> yeah, 
And we'd love to send you a postcard, so uh, let us know who you are. I have my suspicions that you've got a Twitter alias that I'm familiar with, but I don't want to um, misappropriate someone else if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have to send out two postcards. Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I think that's the end of the mailbag and uh, most likely the end of the show. Let me check. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, coming up, well, I think, oh, um, next week we're going to do DCOCD and it's um, the episode on Genesis. So extra therapy oh. all round for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah. 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 Um, and the week after that, or maybe a week or two later, depending on how we're feeling, uh, we'll be doing episode 130 of Waiting for Doom. And it could be time. I think there's a Scooby-Doo team-up issue coming out around then. Possibly, yes. So we yes. might be talking Scooby-Doo Doom Patrol, because uh, that's who's in the Scooby-Doo team-up. That sounds awesome. It does indeed. Right, Shraggy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, but we do have a question of the week, and this one, it's fairly negative. Uh, who's a villain you're completely sick of? Completely uh, sick of. Aaron Long. Ah, I was going to say a politician, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> both local and overseas. But mm, l- yeah. let's keep it to comics. Comics. Right. Too. A comics <laughs> villain, okay. Yeah. Aaron Long. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yes, so that's us for another episode of Waiting for Doom. If you want to get in touch, you can reach us on Twitter at WFDPod. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And don't forget to check out mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com for more Doom Patrol goodness. And that's us done. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Mike. We'll catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom. So good at that. <laughs> I, I like the way that worked. <laughs> Doom Clock may have a new format. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive, wasn't it? <laughs> Is it a comic? <laughs> Does it have Robot Man in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.